0: Hello to all and welcome to the Western Sports Football Club podcast. We've had three big matches over the weekend with two of them in the cup. Did things go our way? Stay tuned to find out. With the Premier League title leaders changing again, we'll also decide where the title's going to end up. It's Tuesday the 5th of March and the strains of the Champions League are happening in the background of the Arrow. And with me tonight is Ant Heron, John Ritchie and Henry Lawrence Napier. Okay, so first cup game of the weekend was the first team who travelled to Timsbury. Uh, not a place I can ever think that I've been before Certainly haven't seen it I know we played them about five or six years ago In this competition in an early round And give them a good 11-0 hiding But we were certainly not expecting that to happen again In a quarter-final But we had a nice minibus journey down there And Josh was back in the squad And everything felt good on the way down
1: Yeah, yeah, we all felt good on the way down So it was nice to get the minibus down Get the team morale going early um, We arrived in good time uh, the pitch looked good from afar. <laughs> <laughs> when you, there's a butt here, Henry, isn't there? There's a, yeah. But <laughs> there was a massive slope, which I didn't, you know, I can't be the only one that didn't see the slope from the side. Once you got on the pitch, it looked huge. Um, the pitch wasn't terrible. I mean, it was pretty bombing. Yeah, but I mean, I think we played in Gill the week before, and that was worse. Um, so that, you know, but more so the hill played effect rather than the bobbliness I expect
0: and not only was there a slope fairly, fairly prominent slope as well it wasn't little was it there was also a bit of a gale blowing down that slope sort of increasing, increasing the, maybe the, the opportunity for the side going downhill
2: yeah I, th- I think we won the toss as well and we chose to go up the hill against the wind I mean uh, well <laughs> <laughs> no, i not making an excuse <laughs> I, I thought that was odd but um, yeah no de- like trying to sort of just get out from, from the back, I suppose, going up that hill down the wind was was hard for both sides. But, yeah, tough conditions.
0: Yeah, and those conditions were tough, and Timsbury really made the most of most of them for the first five, ten minutes. We, we barely got out of our half, and before we knew it, we were 1-0 down.
1: Yeah, I can't remember how we conceded the free kick. Um, but, yeah, it was a free kick out wide, and to be fair, it was a really good ball. Um, sort of fell in that area between Swats and the you know, defenders. yeah, mate, he's bonded at home and you you sort of see it coming because that that first five, ten minutes, they had a lot of the ball and they were just pumping it forward at us um, and they were getting past us. So, yeah, I mean, disappointing to go one nil down. Um, And I think there was then sort of a ten-minute period where we did improve, I think. Um, They weren't so forceful going forward. But, yeah, against that wind, it was difficult to do anything with the ball because even trying to clear it. You know, we'd only go three quarters away at the pitch and they'd head it straight back towards us so
0: and not only that I mean, we did have a maybe like say a little ten minute spell we were better but we really struggled to get in it we couldn't get our passing going when people were trying to clear it it was coming off shins and screwing out a play and it was just difficult for us for the second week running to get on and try and play our normal game
2: yeah I think so and yeah the conditions were, weren't great but I think if we're truthful we we sort of weren't at the races either with it um We've got to, you've got to adapt to those sort of pitches and environments haven't you and you know it, it, it wasn't easy um, but I think yeah I think to be honest first 15-20 minutes we'd be a bit disappointed how we played wouldn't we
0: and it could have been worse before half time I mean they, again they had a lot of possession but one of their lads went clean through and Swatsy pulls off another typical Swatsy save really yeah we do
1: rely on <laughs> at least one Sam Watt save a game <laughs> um <laughs> Normally it's two or three, but yeah, this one in particular, you know, yeah, going in at one nil at half time, you you know you think it's easy. to, <laughs> In hindsight, wow, you'd like to think that you can get back in the game at one nil. Um, you know, two nil down is is a massive difference. So yeah, we've got to be thankful for Swats and yeah, without him we'd probably l- lost a couple of games this season at least. So.
0: And we did get a half-time without really creating anything at 1-0 down and I guess there was, there was optimism at half-time because we'd not played well, we'd been against the slope, against the wind, we'd had a, they'd had all the possession, but it's only 1-0 and you're thinking we've got those advantages in the second half, we can we can go on and do this, can we?
2: Yeah, I think definitely going at 1-0, we'd have probably taken, especially after the five, five, first five minutes, you'd have taken 1-0. But we kind of, like at half time, we, you know, we pointed, you know, Painer came on and, and we knew that we had the pace going downhill, but we kind of fell into that trap of, with it being downhill, it was, how many balls did they play long that overran? And yeah, it, it, I know it's hard when, you, when you're going down in with the wind, but we sort of fell into that trap, didn't we, of balls going out of play. and But like you said, at half time, to be honest, I thought we were going to get back in and at least score.
0: However, that didn't really seem to be the case. We sort of lumbered
1: throughout the second half. How many chances did we create, Henry? I, I really can't remember a clear-cut chance. Um, I think Payner had the best chance of the game, sort of on a tight angle, but it's come off, come off a defender's foot and gone out for a corner. I don't know whether it was going in or not. Um, but yeah, like Ant was saying, we, we, weren't, we weren't passing it through our midfield to the strikers we were just sort of lumping it put, trying to put it in the right areas because it was wet because it was windy it was just it was slipping out of play um, and they were sort of able to regain regain possession and obviously slow it down as much as possible which they did you know much to our grief very well yeah and again we just didn't really
0: make the keeper do anything did we Callum had a one shot I remember is a bit tame and the keeper flops in it but we just didn't make him work did we
2: yeah no I think that's a disappointing thing like full credit to Tim Spree I, th- I think they deserve Deserve that. win, it's just we were just disappointing, really. We just didn't didn't, like, didn't create anything as such. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is that the second only second game we hadn't scored in this season? Yeah, away I think is the only other one I can remember. So you know, it's disappointing. And our first loss since that game. But yeah, hopefully make it right this weekend.
0: And we chucked everything at it in the last few minutes. In the last minute Sammy Watts goes up for a corner and then literally stayed up there for the next three or four minutes of injury time um, as they c- couldn't get out and we kept them pegged back but still couldn't find a breakthrough
1: yeah no you know, full time and I think I speak from about half of the team that we're all really disappointed with that result um, especially because the county cup as well you know we spoke about it last year about wanted to win it and obviously we got knocked out what stage last year we got knocked out semi-finals, semifinals yeah so I thought we could, you know, try and do one better this year, but we couldn't even get past the quarter-final. So, um, yeah, I think everyone is pretty disappointed, to be honest. But, I mean, I think, safe to say, we all feel that we can play better than that
0: on the day. But on the day, the better side won. Yeah, no complaints. Yeah,
2: they are better. Um, uh, don't, they're not a better side than us, I don't think, to be honest. But they definitely with a better side on the day, so that's all that counts. And, uh,
1: and yeah, that cup's not to be again for us. I think also we were sort of, our past few games, I think we have rode our luck a little bit in terms of the results we have got, you know, because we we've won most of them, but obviously we drew to Gill. Um, it's just adapting, it's adapting to them pitches, yeah. A couple of weeks ago on here, Murphs did
0: say that he felt that we were getting through and grinding out results, and that was a good thing, but as that that luck sort of run out the grinding has sort of run out and we haven't quite been able to do it the last couple of weeks and it's caught up with us yeah definitely uh i agree with my affair. okay there were some dpl games at the weekend uh balty sports beats dort sports 3-1 bridport beat portland 3-1 shasbury 2 swanage nil sherborne 3 parley 3 which sounds an entertaining game stir one corfe castle 2 and Wareham 1 Holt 4 uh, that leaves us still second in the league. is not in the top three played, so we're still four points behind Hamrech and one point above Merley Cobham. And we have all played the same amount of games. OK, so on to the reserves. Um, John, we were playing AFC Blanford, and earlier in the season, things didn't quite go as planned.
3: No, we... Um travelled to Blandford with a, you say a weaker squad but I mean at, at that time of the season we had quite a few injuries and a few players missing for certain reasons um, probably most notably it was myself making my senior league debut at 36 years old in golf <laughs> um, I, I do have to admit that I did get mad at the match mine, so I'll just, I'll just put that one in there but um, no yeah they to be honest they on that day they were they were absolutely superb and quite easily probably the best side that we've played against or encountered this season um, yeah, so we we went into this game on Saturday thinking, you know, what who what we're going to face? What, they've had a few weird results recently, um, so yeah, we, we knew it was going to be difficult Saturday. But yeah, start of the season, it wasn't it wasn't one that we wanted, really wanted to remember.
0: Okay, but we turned around and Alvington had had a three week break from any games being played on it, so pitch was looking nice and good condition for us to play our football and play our game.
3: Yeah definitely you know I mean I, I got down there a bit earlier just to set the nets up and the, the corner flags and walked across the pitch and to be fair to the groundsman I know there wasn't a lot of football being played but the, not only the pitch was superb but the, actually the training area looked at it from the pitch and thought wow you know it looked like it had been rolled and we obviously hadn't trained for a while either so the whole surrounds of, of Alvington on Saturday was perfect conditions for football other than, than the wind which uh, as we know there can sometimes be sort of overpowering OK but the game perhaps
0: didn't start as we'd like and um, before too long we were goal down
3: yes um, it was a funny one I mean the first sort of five minutes we struggled a little bit with our shape and our shape's probably been our strongest thing over over the season really we're kind of we're very rigid in the formation that we play and we set out to sort of especially the first ten minutes fifteen minutes of games just to be solid at the back and the first sort of 10-15 minutes of this game on Saturday, we were all over the place and they had runners coming through, it was, it was one of those watching from the sideline, You're like, you know, we, are we going to get the grips of this, what are we going to do, because the formation that they started with and they set up with almost counteracted ours and they were sort of, they looked as though they had an extra man in midfield that was pushing through and yeah, we just didn't get the grips with it and it was, I think it was literally about three, four minutes into the game, it was a guy sort of cutting from the right hand side and played a nice little free ball into the box and bloke was in so much space it was unbelievable he's had one touch and just bend it into the far corner it was a, good, it was a decent finish but I mean f- for our point of view it was a bad goal to concede considering we not an- I don't think we've conceded a goal since November so it was a bit of a blow for us
0: but sometimes getting that record off your back which is I mean that's a hell of a long time without conceding a goal sometimes it can be a sort of a wake-up you get complacent about not conceding and it can be a wake-up call you need
3: yeah no definitely and I did say to the lads before the game I said you know we've gone we've done so well recently we are playing against a side today that will test us that will have chances that potentially we are going to concede but it was how it was our attitude that I asked make, make sure if we do concede we go behind we don't you know we don't get on each other's backs we sort of keep our heads down and try and get back into the game and to be fair to the lads after have have to conceding that early goal I, I looked at Shirley on the sideline and said "It's to be interesting character wise to see how we cope with this and to be fair to them for the rest of the half they done all right. They, the shape kind of settled down a little bit the guys in midfield got the grips with their runners and we started to look like we were coming back into the game so yeah I was happy with the way they reacted to that. So we started to re- recover it and um, I guess you're sort of formulating your half-time team talk as the goal down but
0: all changes in the last couple of moments.
3: Yeah, it was a nice one as well, actually. We had a free kick on the edge, probably, yeah, I'd say just inside their half, actually. Um, and Hounchu, it was right in front of the dugouts. And you could see it from the sideline. that Charlie Gay was literally stood on his own inside the penalty area. And we was, I was screaming at Houch, like, just play it into his feet, play it into his feet. And he does. He dinked it over the guy who was stood in front of him, straight into Charlie Gay's feet. Charlie's cut inside the fullback and just smashed it into the top corner. And we, we, you can see it clear as day from the side of it. but It's one of them when you're playing and you're 1-0 down at time, you are probably just wanting to load the box and load it in. But to be fair to Houch, it was a nice little clip in the Charlie. And Charlie took the goal really well. So for us, coming in at 1-1, it was, made the team talk a little bit easier. So, sounds a little bit like uh, Mourinho with
0: Luke Shaw where he says you've got to do his thinking for him. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you can think how it should be all right.
3: But then, so you had your words at half-time and um, second half, we were a lot better. Yeah, no, definitely. Start, we started, I mean, although we, I know you guys alluded to it in your game that the wind was pretty strong. And obviously Alvington was the same. And it wasn't until after the game that, that the ref said to me that your captain, which is Bertie, changed it round. He actually won the toss and decided to change it round. So we knew going into the second half... I said to the lads at half-time, keep doing what you're doing, keep trying to hit the areas that we're trying to hit, keep turning them around. And the second half, it obviously start to work for us, and it did. And, you know, we started off really strong, and it took us a little while to get the second goal, but eventually it came. And, yeah, we kind of just got stronger and stronger as the half went on. Okay, so
0: eventually we did take the lead, and so talk us through the, talk us through the well, what was technically the winning goal. overall?
3: Yes, yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, it's one of those. I I have memory losses when it comes to our goals sometimes mm. but I mean I remember, I remember the finish but the build up play I'm a little bit hazy but I know it went down the right hand side and got pulled across the box and Charlie's kind of got in front of his marker and just stroked it in underneath the keeper so it was a decent finish from Charlie and it was a good move overall but I can't really remember who was involved in that but it, it came down our right so yeah that put us 2-1 and so I think it was about a half hour to go so it was a nice time to score as well and you
0: know at that point it can sort of go one or two ways you can keep dominating the game and and go on and score some more or maybe you've got to defend it out or you know depends how blanford react but you know
3: credit to the team we, we pushed on and, and went on and won the game yeah no definitely i mean i was to be honest i was quite surprised with, with uh, blanford um they're a strong side and they got some really good players but as soon as we went two one up it was it was literally like they just stopped they stopped, doing the, they stopped doing what they were doing. They stopped trying to play under their strikers. They, they were whinging. They were moaning. And it was just a matter of time when well, you could see it then. We just totally started to dominate that game. And it, was, it, it almost became, okay, how many goals are we going to score here? Because we were creating chances all over the place. And I think the third came courtesy of a corner um, from young Dan Newins. Uh, not, not Newins, sorry. Dan Ewins. Not Newins. Um, He came off the the bench actually on Saturday, which he was actually quite unlucky to be on the bench, however I knew he had a big game on the Sunday for the under 18s, so him and Rory started on the bench, both of them came on Saturday and both of them done really really well, but Dan Ewan's scored the third, Um, corner got whipped in, he's come right across the front post, up above his marker and he's literally flicked it to the back post, it's hit the far post and gone in, so I put his 3-1 up and it it was a really nice header.
0: uh, obviously good that the youngster's still playing and Dan's only played like two or three games and settled in really well so far
3: which is a great start from him yeah no definitely to be honest we've we've utilised quite a few of the under 18s this season Um, and you can see as the season's gone on especially with Rory who's played pretty regularly for us he's got stronger and stronger and I, just, I like the fact that they listen to you as well. They're, they're all they come in, they're keen, they want to learn. So I mean, it helps us. I mean, we we're not we're not an old side. We're quite young, but we've got a few senior lads in there. And to be fair to the 18s, they come in and they, they give us some legs as well. And they you know they're quite quick, they're mobile, and they put a good shift in for you. So Dan and Rory came on on Saturday, and the tempo of the game upped a little bit as well, which which was decent.
0: It's good, I mean, obviously we've got quite a proud record of promoting through the youth sides, as we, I think we mentioned on maybe the last week's pod as well, and um, it's always good, you can spot the ones in training, the ones who are prepared to listen or in games who listen, and then you only have to tell them once or twice and then they start doing it naturally, and, and that's really the sort of player you go, yeah, they they got the, they could be the one or they could be the next player to break through, and that's what you want to see, so that's really, that's really good. And then a player who was back with you after uh, several weeks in the first team,
3: but a regular goal scorer for you, notched, notched again. Yeah, Liam Stobbs got, got a fourth. And <laughs> t- to be fair, if you, uh, if you ask Dwayne Forshaw, he'll still, he'll, I think he's still mad of him now because they both, they kind of, it, it, I think it was a through ball to Stobbs and He's gone through one and one and Dwayne's kept up with him, but made a lovely angle for a tap in and Stobbs, he's decided to take it himself and his first strike hit the keeper and luckily bounced back right into his path and he's tapped it into an empty net. Um, but yeah, Dwayne wasn't too happy about that. But to be honest with you, I was quite happy with Dwayne because I think mean, that was probably one of the se- first or second runs you made the whole game. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then the game, just to complete the match and a,
0: I guess a, a, you could call it a route. come the end,
3: but um, maybe a, a, a less 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 obvious goal scorer. Yeah, no, definitely. Le- uh, Lewis Houchin got off fifth. Um, and t- to be fair to Houch, he was absolutely superb all day as well. Um, he, we, I, well me and Shirley give him man of the match after the game. Every, everything he done was positive. He drove forward. Uh, he went on a few mazy runs. He, he kept possession really well. But his goal, he, he drove down the right hand side. He's, he's taken on two or three of their players and he's played it into the box. And he's kept his run going. He's taken a bit of a ricochet. and he bounced back right into his path and he's just outside of the right foot, poked it into the far corner. So it was. <laughs> It was a really decent finish from Houch, and it capped off a great display from him. So, yeah, I was chuffering
0: Yeah, well done, Houch. But I guess the only thing was, I guess we we knew it wasn't going to be uh, his left foot. He used was it? it <laughs> was going to go for the outside of his right. But there we go. Okay, so other results in the Dorset Senior League was Bembridge three, Allendale nil, Broadstone four, Borough two, Chickwell one, Cranbourne three, Corfmullen four, Wincanton four, uh, and the big game for us really was Mere one, Tisby one, who were sort
3: of um, the top v third. So.
0: Possibly, possibly the best result for uh, could have gone your way.
3: Yeah, I mean, all the lads in the change room after we had, we had the music on, everyone was buzzing a little bit, and literally we were constantly checking the phone. And it's like, well, what do we want to score? What do we want to score? And you know, a few lads, ah, oh, Tisbury will beat him. And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, we want it to be a draw. We want it to be a draw. And with that, I think it popped up Shirley was there. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't because He'd gone. Sorry, he'd gone by then. But I can't remember who shouted. At it. It's like it was one one. Like, no, you know, no, you joke. No, it's one one. So for us, that was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I. I don't know, it's, it's one of those. I know, like, I've listened to the podcast previously in the last few weeks and the Mere boys get a little bit of stick, and rightly so, because they, they, are, they, are, they are, as a team, you know, they're a decent, they are a decent side. It's got a few lads in there that, let's say, wind the other team up the wrong way. So, yeah, that was, that was quite a nice one for us Saturday.
0: OK, so that leaves us top of the league by a point from Mere Town, um, but we do have a game in hand. Uh, Tisbury are five points behind Mere have two games in hand on Mir so one game in hand on us so Tisbury could just be the three points behind us uh we could be four points ahead of Mir it's a long way to go still
3: seven games um a lot of them at home though which is maybe to our advantage yeah we've got six six home games to go and one away game so I mean it's in our hands really but when you look at the games that we have got left to play and I mean I I keep saying to the lads we've been counting down from the 10th game we had and know we're on seven now and i keep saying we take every game as it comes and every game every game on a saturday we approach it the same way it doesn't matter if it's bottom of the league or top of the league or who we're playing but i think obviously saturday which you will probably allude to is is the next game and that's chickwell home and chickwell are a very strong side and it's going to be a hard game again for us so yeah i think every game as it comes take each game as it comes every, every seven and yeah see how we get on mate
0: okay great stuff Right, the other big cup game we mentioned earlier on was the under-18s. The under-18s are in the semi-finals, the Somerset uh, County Under-18 Cup. Uh, we're playing away at Backwell, who are in the North Division, which is when we're in the South, so it's not a team that we've come across before. Um, the under-18s played, they managed to have um, Storm Freya behind them in the first half and smashed their way to a 3-0 half-time lead. Uh they had some great passing moves when required we did desperately try and get a few of them on or a couple of them on to come and talk about it but couldn't find anyone brave enough to come and talk football with us so um maybe next time they've either got playstation to play play on or maybe homework to do something like that uh second half um they had to dig in obviously they were against the wind and it was a different sort of game had to um clear when needed and just deal with it and get rid if you have to but they still managed to score two more goals. Uh, our goals came from Sam who got two Rory who got two and there was an own goal uh, even though we managed to, like, we had a, an incident on the M5, we had a player not arrive until half five, uh, till half time sorry so all in all a cracking result and it's always good to have a cup final to look forward to. One, one possible route to a cup final went at the weekend but we managed to nail on another one so not all bad and everyone loves a day out at a cup final when it comes to it okay Uh, we've got Whirl in the cup final I'm not sure which I've got a funny feeling there in the South Division we might have played them but I need to double check that but uh, as soon as we have a date for that and a location then obviously we'll pass that on right so just a couple of other footballing matters then and as our resident Fulham fan I'm going to direct this quiz question for you (laughs) Scott Parker is Fulham's sixth manager in 56 Premier League matches yeah. so 6 managers we've averaged less than 10 games in charge yeah. can you name the other 5 Felix McGrath Gath, yes Rennie Mullenstein yes
2: shit <laughs> the birds one of them is
0: obvious
1: uh, you oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, right. you can't yeah. kind of it Yeah, yeah yeah how I many's left? Two and Manieri. And Ranieri, and Ranieri yeah. Ignoring it. And one, more. one more. Who was before performing? Exactly. Who, who? did Mullen take over from?
1: Who? He was there longer than... I haven't I haven't been grand. I you know. haven't been grand. I
2: been He's... English. No,
0: no. He's been in charge at another Premier League club. <laughs> he's a Dutchman. He's in charge at Spurs for a while. Oh, yeah. Martin, Martin Yol. Yol. Martin Yorl. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems like quite a high turner of managers. Um, was I presume you know earlier in the season, Fulham were the scoring goals, but conceding way too many as well. That was obvious, and he was struggling. And I guess Ranieri was brought in to shore up the defence, but he didn't quite manage to do that. No, what? Well, no, Ranieri managed to stop his scoring and <laughs> carry on
2: conceding. It was <laughs> <is laughs> brilliant. Uh, I, yeah, I I don't think even when uh, Jukanovic got sacked, there's. Fulham fans generally weren't happy about it. I mean, I, I, I don't know, there's there's rumours that it weren't necessarily his signings anyway that were coming in because they, they brought in like four defenders to strengthen, but they didn't, you know, it was clear to everyone that they, you know, Fosu Mensa is limited Premier League experience, Alfie Mawson, Joe Bryan. Yeah, it's, it's been a mess. But the trouble is now, Fulham are obviously going down but they're going to have to do something to sort of shift people off their wage bills. I know, like, Sherlock, will probably not go on his low, you know, but then they've got Seri on a big contract. Uh, someone will pick up Mitrovic, but a bit of a sticky time, I think, now for Fulham. But um, hopefully Parker does well. He's got nothing to lose, which is one of those great things. And who was it that was in charge of West Brom? Is it Darren Moore? Yeah. You know, he went on a good run with West Brom because he had nothing to lose at the end of last year, so
3: parachute payments for going
2: down do what, yeah yeah the parachute payments but then I don't know but then once they run out you end up like Villa who had to get rid of all their players and now lumbering somewhere like mid-table championship and a oh, Sportman City
0: <laughs> so I mean is, is Scott Parker someone you'd like to see get the job in the long term or like you say maybe come in show he does well and and then pick up in the realistically in the championship next season and it's not, it's carry on from that equivalent, isn't it? yeah I think yeah absolutely I,
2: like, yeah give them a chance the last thing you want to see now is them just go and spend big money on like uh, uh, I don't know just a, a, a f- not necessarily like a foreign manager but someone that you know, Parker's been there, he's done stuff with the youth, he's sort of he pushed his way up, so why doesn't he deserve a chance? And look, at, I know Ollie's got a bit more experience, but
0: let's see how the players react to him. Yeah, it really worked. Like you say, it worked well for Darren Moore at West Bromley, he had no experience. Uh, I guess the question is um, I mean, it's amazing how reactionary people are. Like, you know, me and Henry, I guess, have an interest in the Ollie situation, but if someone says, Do you want to give him the job now, I'm still there going, probably but I still like to wait to the end of the season and Fulham are in that same position and yet on the radio last night I'm listening to people like Ian Wright going yeah I'd give Scott Parker the job after one yeah. after one performance against Chelsea where you've lost I mean that's a bit reactionary isn't it when you've got all season to, to make a decision it's an e as well I think for like a pundit as well it's
2: such an easy thing to say because then when it goes wrong you're like well of course he's you know, yeah. he's got no so yeah see how it goes and let's you know he can't do much worse can he really Um but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, let's say results carry on, if they go and get themselves sort of like a equivalent of like a Steve Brucey type manager to steady the ship in the championship, maybe. I do, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of appointment got made, basically. I'm not saying it's the right one, no, but...
0: Would you prefer an established... Tony Pulis Neil Warnock Steve Brucey type manager would you prefer a, a young up and coming someone with something to prove like a like Stoke of taking a leap with Nathan Jones yeah. or something like that what, which, which way would you like to go uh, see ideally I'd
2: yeah because you, you get that same merry-go-round of managers don't you with Pardew Allardyce Moy I don't
0: yeah I, so
2: I do want to see new people like younger managers get a go but then it didn't work out with Gary Rowett did it at it, Stoke? Um so I think I think he's got a lot to give, but i honestly, if you could get Neil Warnock, I, yeah. he'd prove he him. Yeah he would. Yeah. He would. I'd take Neil Warnock it's on it, that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so we'll see what that is. So we'll um, move on to the title race then. He loves it, he? This is uh it's hot up. John, uh resident Liverpool fan for tonight, obviously. Yeah, no,
3: I'm
0: a city fan as well, <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, I guess in some ways a disappointing draw at the weekend but
3: the tyre race isn't over yet is it just, you're only a point behind there's a long way to go yeah no I wouldn't say it was over um, I don't know it's, it's really frustrating being a Liverpool little, little fan I mean you watch us in the last few weeks and I don't think we're playing poorly but we just don't like, the goals have just dried up and and I think there's so much pressure on Salah and Mane and Firmino and I mean, you look at us, that's our front three and if they're fit, they play. You look at Man City other than Aguero, who are their front three? You know, they, they interchange and they all give you goals and I just think, yeah, it, it's, we are going to be close but I, I think we just lack that little bit of squad quality really and it's going to push us over the line and I think with the Champions League as well, it's a lot of games for us and it's really hang on the squad to do it and I think I love Klopp, and don't get me wrong. Over the year, like the last few years, I think he's been fantastic. But again, like it's been in the media a lot as well. His squad selection and some of the, the substitutions he makes at the time, you think. and Sunday for me, I don't know. He, the substitutions he made were quite like for like, you think know, he hasn't really changed the game. There, he hasn't done Everton, he hasn't done anything to change how they attacked against Everton. You know, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's but it's not over. It ain't over.
0: Okay, I've got another question. I I'll come back to it in a minute. I don't think it's so bad, but. Um, Going on from your point about the lazy journalism man, where it's just easy to say, "Oh yeah, Scott Parker's done well." Give, after one game, he's lost. Given the thing, the thing that's coming out of Liverpool is at the moment, or everyone in the media is sort of going, they're bottling it. They're bottling it. Are they bottling it, or are they just realistically, if with nine games to go, if you'd have offered Liverpool being a point behind City, they'd take it, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah.
0: Have they? They're just. It's just, just the, the league's just realigning it. This is their blip, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I everyone at the start of the season expected Man City to win it again, really. Especially um, you predicted by double figures. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and oh, they're not bottling it, no, because you know, obviously, they've done really well to get where they are. And as sort of John touched on there, their squad depth—it's just when you compare that to Man City, you just there is no comparison. But that's the same with any club compared to City, isn't it? Realistically. I su- yeah, I suppose. But Liverpool do. Have, their starting eleven are all fantastic players. Where you look at. You know, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal. Not every one of them starting eleven are. You know, you wouldn't necessarily have them in your team if you, you know, if you had a choice. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it's not over. The league's definitely not over. But yeah, now City at that point ahead. I really can't see them slipping up too much. And if if they were, if they were to slip up, Liverpool have to go and win the rest of their games. Which will they do that? I'm not sure. OK, and the other the other thing that
0: keeps being chucked out is that Liverpool don't get enough goals from midfield And Is that valid or is that just, again, just chucking something out there?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't do They. I, I think they... I know he was only there for a short time, but I thought Ox was... This time last year was one of their way of scoring goals he was creating. And I think the thing is, as well, I think Liverpool, especially on Sunday, they didn't set up to hammer Everton, did they? They were always going to, like, you're quite confident they're going to keep a clean sheet and it was that big moment there's two big moments for Salah and it's like if he buries them which he should they win 1-0 they win 2-0 and it, again it's another it's a great result I think I feel for Liverpool a bit because I know most fans want to see him, you know bottle it or whatever but you know they've they've lost one game they've kept like 15 clean sheets And for that still, you know, not to be enough by a point. This was a Man City side that won it by like I know. I mean,
0: they're they're a good side. Um, In in most of the seasons over Premier League history, Liverpool will be romping the Premier League at this stage. There's no two ways about it. Um, However, I mean, I, I I have to say I'm looking at this last few weeks. You slightly differently if I'm honest um, I don't I think this is a long long way from over I think this is Liverpool's little blip and they'll go on and push through it and City will drop points somewhere along the line in a minute so they will have a little dodgy spell another way of looking at this is the, your last four games was Bayern Man United, Watford and Everton yes you've drawn three of those games but that's four clean sheets clean sheets will win you titles come the end because you'll start you know the next game you play Salah will have that chance Bury it. and he'll score it and you know it's, then it takes City to have their dodgy game so I think this is a long way over you've got to take there's definitely positive still in there
3: yeah no 100% I mean you just alluded to it there like the clean sheets and I mean Josh just mentioned at the table a minute ago like virtual Van Dyke has been absolutely immense for us this season and you kind of look at us now and over the last I don't know what three four years it's always been our defence that's let us down and we've been close enough but defensively you think Jesus we're always looking like we're going to do something silly or concede and Van Dijk has made a massive difference to us and you know, you've know got Andy Robertson and, but I think you alluded to it a minute ago that it's the goals from midfield that really worry I me mean, I think we scored five goals from midfield and three of them are Milner, I think they were penalties so in, in theory you've got two goals from open play from an album and that's pretty much it um, I think I've seen on social media this morning that um, Oxlade-Chamberlain is actually going to play on Friday for the under-23s so potentially he's about two weeks away from the first team squad so that's a massive bonus to Liverpool but yeah, I just, it, it's not over. But yeah, do you I think don't
2: you know. Should have sh- uh, signed Fakir or someone like that—that that sort of different. Because I know Kate came in, but he's not that. He's more that box-to-box midfield. I mean, he, it's, di-
0: it's difficult to sign someone who fails in medical, isn't it?
2: W- well, yeah, but th- that's what I don't. That's what I don't. I, n- I know he, he he failed a bit, but he, you know he's still playing. He's playing for Leon. He's playing in Champions League. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Is that, that, med- is that a legit reason? Medicals
3: are all about timing, aren't they? If yeah. you're carrying a little knock or you've got some sort of issue at that time. But, yeah, I, I think, I mean, at the time, I, c- I can't remember at the time, was did we still have Coutinho when they were trying to sign for Kia, Or was it at the start of this season? Uh, Coutinho dude, had gone, happened, hadn't he? So Coutinho had gone. So, yeah, for me, that, that some sort of replacement for Coutinho, someone who's going to actually change a game or affect the game or produce a moment of magic I think that's what we're lacking so a player like that yeah definitely you should, should have gone all out to try and sign somebody
0: OK we've, we've asked this question several times throughout the season I'm going to ask it again one word who's going to win the league? City City don't try not to cringe when you say it John <laughs> Jesus Christ Phil um... <laughs> 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 let's leave that one there shall we <laughs> OK, um, did we see... Well, we well, no, we probably didn't see the Arsenal-Spurs uh, game at the weekend because we were all on our way. Have we seen highlights from the Arsenal-Spurs game? Particularly anyone? No. Not Henry, I won't ask Henry then. Um, so the Spurs penalty. Have we seen the Spurs penalty? Ball gets played in. Harry Kane is judged to be offside. Harry Kane then gets fouled. A penalty is given. Now we've got pundits saying that should be offside but we've got other pundits such as Shearer and referee, ex-referee Keith Hackett who's on the Premier uh, PGA Premier League officials board who says no it's the correct decision despite him being offside when the ball's played if pundits can't agree if match officials past and previous can't agree does that mean there's something wrong with the offside rule?
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean I'm confused as to how you- you can say it is a penalty i'm also confused by how you can say it's a penalty because when the ball
0: is played he's very clearly offside. now i think it's i think the way you get into is the fact that he doesn't actually get to the ball so um somehow avoided conceding right there in front of us but it, he doesn't touch the ball or he doesn't get to the ball he's just shoved in the back so i, I mean i still find it wrong and i think i think one of our summer podcasts i'm we're gonna do a big you don't know yet guys but we're going to do a big rules discussion about things that we think should change and do and but I think the offside rule is definitely something that needs changing probably along with handball but there we go we'll move
3: on from that Right. other couple just, just on that one there like you're saying about obviously do the rules need changing offside but with VAR coming in next season is that going to make a difference? If, but if officials
0: can't agree if that's offside or not how will it make a difference? Yeah. It
3: depends which one looks at it Very true I suppose it depends on who's on the camera it's on that day offside. doesn't it?
0: when the ball was played in yes but he never got to the ball
2: oh
3: so then because he was pushed
2: so if ok so if I, if, if, he, if he was offside like you said and he was running and someone clipped him before he got to the ball despite the ball being played it's still a foul
0: because the decision had been made right difficult one right
1: yeah which
0: I mean because technically you could argue that he's offside first but you can stand in an offside position right yes you can
3: but, if, but he's still running towards the ball so he's made he's made a motion to go towards the ball hasn't he so as soon as he he almost although he didn't become active because he didn't touch it he is kind of active for me so yeah in effect I think that's offside because he's he's in an offside position he's then tried to get to the ball he's our
2: golden boy Harry Kane yeah exactly
0: (laughs) okay so uh, in the midweek sorry no in another game happened over the weekend uh, Bournemouth Bournemouth versus Manchester City this is 1-0 to Manchester City you don't have to have seen it (laughs) Bournemouth obviously have shipped a few goals lately against big sides, and they went out uh, to—I guess they went out to not get humped as opposed to try and win this game. Now we we all have a vague—we all have a vague idea of what xG is or expected goals in a game based on your chances and your shot position and the difficulty of your shot. Bournemouth's expected goals against Man City was naught point (laughs) naught. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive statistic. If you can be expected to score no goals, you're definitely not going to win that game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Expected goals was against Chelsea.
2: They didn't. What's the what? They, they. I know they didn't have shot on target, shot off target,
0: shot attempted, no corners. That was uh, a Corner. A corner doesn't guarantee you an XG, but so yeah, nothing that came from it. I, I think so, but yeah, but not very many. Yeah, because jo-
2: John Mottson. Listening, John Motsman talking about this, and he sort of stuck up for Eddie Howe because it's the first time really Eddie Howe's come under a bit of like scrutiny. And he says, if he, you know, they lost to a dubious penalty, it probably was a penalty. Either well, way, anyway, they lost to a penalty. And, but if he'd have gone away with that, with a nil-nil against Man City, yeah. it, it's a
0: masterstroke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely, he would have been. If he had got a nil-nil, he'd been a tactical genius. Agreed. Uh, the other thing, I guess, if you <laughs> count it, was Manchester City had over like 700 and something passes and Bournemouth managed just about 100. Now, Bournemouth made three substitutions during that game. They brought on Ibe, Musa, and Rico and they were on the pitch for a total of 41 minutes. And between them, they completed one pass. <laughs> They're not game changers, are they? <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I suppose it depends. Hey, look at it, was it 1-0 when they came on? because they haven't conceded so <laughs> if that was his game plan he's done alright <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's, that's a, it's a difficult one isn't it that I mean Man City is so good you can't really blame Eddie Howe for setting up like that and, like you say if, if, he, if he comes away with a 0-0 he's, he's an absolute magician and he's getting an England job isn't he so yeah.
2: it's the Man City side that's stuck six past Chelsea you know, you know there's no disgrace in
0: it i don't think <laughs> okay and another thing i want to ask a question of um obviously a while ago we talked about um bielsa and his the spy gate whole thing whether it's right or wrong and then he then came out and did his press conference where he laid out all the information he had on derby their tactics and the formations they've played and how many times each player's played in which position and everything he had his phenomenal statistical bible on
1: derby since then Derby have only won two games <laughs> has
0: everyone been using this information
1: <laughs> well, yeah obviously it's not you yeah. know they're losing
2: now as well <laughs> they're losing at home to Wigan at home to Wigan then <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: so it's not
0: going great for them to hump humping from Villa at the weekend I mean Bielsa's put it out there for everyone to see us. I mean, you'd, as, a, as a manager John would you spring on
3: that information if it was available yeah definitely I mean if you know go for a pint on a Friday night and share information and, yeah. and all that I can, just, I can just see him doing that with his interpreter sat between them um, yeah, no, I mean, what, Dar- you what, how can you, oh, what can you say about Derby? They went away to Villa, didn't they, on Saturday? they got um, 4-0, I think it was. And like Lance just said, they're losing at Owner Wigan. And I think Frank Lampard's coming under a bit of stick in the media, you know. They, they've hit a bit of a, a bubble's burst and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, you look at Derby, they're, they're a sh- stupidly young side. They've got so many loanees in there from yeah. Chelsea and wherever. And, you know, they're, they're young and... Some of those youngsters sometimes their just enthusiasm gets you through games, and obviously they started the season well. And now you think maybe just with that little bit of naivety, that little bit of inexperience is starting to come and suck against some championship sides, a big, strong, physical side. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the spygate and the sharing of the information, but yeah, no, I I think it'll probably be a hard running for Derby really. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on from now to the end of the season. Okay, and if any of you haven't heard it, there's a a
0: really good uh, podcast out this week from BBC5 Live about uh, it's like a documentary about Bielsa and how he's running leads. There's got players and chief execs and all sorts of people on there. It's a really good listen, probably about 40 minutes. If you haven't got a lot of patience, it's probably significantly less than what we're rambling on about. So uh, just to finish off, then I've got a couple of our random questions that I've been chucking in over the last two weeks. This might be your first. First one, right? You're going to make some friends or enemies out there with this one right toilet paper under or over Henry Uh, over John (laughs) under and big topic in our friendship group under really two ones under Josh you want to chuck one in as you're I know you're you're not contributing but under or over under definitely 3-1 to under. I can't believe it. I'm I'm an over, so that would have been 3-2. I find that incredible. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with some of you boys. Okay, and finally then, just one more for you. Uh, I'll go the other way around this time and start with you. Uh, What's the best type of cheese? Smellier the better now
2: as i got older yeah yeah it's still anything blue and mouldy and hideous yes John
3: your face says something different Jesus yeah I have to admit I am not a massive cheese fan at all I mean the, the most baby I can bell. probably stretch to is a no, I'll have a baby bell but there is I'm actually not sure what it's called but there's like a it's almost like a pineapple cheese it's in like a ring and it's got those little bitties all over it I like that one but I couldn't tell you what it's called okay we'll try and find out what that is Henry, you got one uh, I like
1: Extra mature cheddar, real good, yeah
0: the good thing about where we are there's some fantastic local supplies. so get out and find your best cheese and if you've got some suggestions then please let us know okay that's it that's us done again for another week thank you for putting up with us, uh, up with us again we're available on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify and L all good podcast providers please subscribe please give us a nice rating and please tell your friends we'd love for you to get in touch use the hashtag WFCpod on Twitter or contact us via our other social media outlets if you'd like to hear your voice on our podcast asking us a question then you can send us a voice memo and we'll see if we can master some sort of technology involved in this and we'll make sure your question gets read out by you in this we can answer it our predictor score is still going. It still has a £1,000 jackpot for just a £1 stake. All you've got to do is guess three football scores and you can potentially win £1. You can enter by getting in touch with us via any of our social media accounts or all of our players have the entry slips in hand. I'd like to thank Henry Lawrence Napier, John Ritchie and Anne Herron for this time this evening and for Josh Payne for his silent contributions off mic. And, of course, to wish the best of luck to all our teams this weekend. Thank you very much. Hello,